0: Welcome to the Locked On Leaves podcast, one stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leaves. And if you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast and also leave a rating and a review as well. That would be fantastic. So there is an interesting read in The Athletic today where both James Myrtle and Jonas Siegel uh, answered five pressing questions that Leafs fans want to know. So I thought, let me try my hand at answering these questions for you guys and give my thoughts on these topics. So that's what we're going to be doing today. Five questions, five answers, and let's get to it. Question number one, should the Leafs seriously pursue Alex Petrangelo? Uh, The easy answer is yes, but there are some pros and there are some cons to signing Petrangelo. Um, I've spoke about them, but we'll just reiterate them once again for the sake of answering this question properly. Here's some pros. He immediately improves the Leafs defense and gives Toronto that number one stud, right shot, unicorn defenseman that we have been searching for for years and years and years. So he he fits that bill. We thought that maybe Tyson Barry could, but there is a big difference between Patrantlo and Tyson Barry. Patranchelo would definitely definitely give you that number one stud guy. He's a hometown boy, so the fan base will be fully on board with this move. You know maybe he's got some lease PJs that he could be rocking as well on October 9th which is when free agency is this year. I still got to get used to that. Instead of call, I've been calling it July 1 in like just casual conversation. I got to start calling it October 9 because that's what it is this year. But So he's a hometown boy. Um, and I think most importantly, he instantly does make this team a cup contender next season and possibly for the next five, six years. You know, until he starts to to really decline. And that's kind of where the cons come in. Right, he's 30 years old. Going to be 30 next season when he starts. There are countless examples of players who really start to go downhill at that age. Um, not so much at at age 30. My issue is, if you're signing a guy like Petrangelo, he's not going to just sit here and sign a two, three, four, five-year contract. He's looking for that full-term, six, seven-year deal. So at age 34, 35, 36, 37 is he going to be the same guy? Cuz that you you're paying for that. You know that contract, that cap it is going to be the same. So that that's something that you really do need to take into consideration here. He hasn't showed any regression yet. But when when it comes it comes quick and it comes hard. Just look at Brent Seabrook for example right he was a guy who was a stud top parent defenseman winning Stanley Cups in Chicago and then once he kind of got over over the hill at 30 years old his game kind of just fell apart he couldn't keep up anymore i don't think petrangelo is is you know the same player as seabrook and he seems to be uh, a kind of a well-oiled machine like he should be able to go for for many more years but at age 35 36 possibly 37 if he signs a, a full 7 year term you're going to be wanting to pay a guy like that, $9 million? I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, those those are some of the cons. Also, at what cost? You know, what is the contract going to be? What is the cap hit going to be? Who's going to have to go to make it work? You know, if you have to ship out one of the big guns, like like Marner or, or Nylander, you know, does it make it worth it? Do you really want to go out and do that and make, try and make that move? Possibly. But there's so many more other questions Then should they pursue him? Well, yeah, they should pursue him, but there are pros and cons to each. Ultimately, though, at the end of the day, I think that Kyle Dubas really needs to have a good head on his shoulders when he makes his deal, and he just kind of needs to figure out and realize, look, this team is starving for, (laughs) starving for a number one right-shot defenseman like Alex Petrangelo. And if this is a guy who could take us over the hill and help us win a cup in the next couple of years, or at least go on a cup run, make us big-time contenders, which I believe he can do, I think it's worth it. And Darren Dreger came out today and said that he seriously, he says that he thinks, uh, or knows, I guess he probably does know, that the Leafs are going to make an offer here on on Petrangelo. On October 9th when uh, when they can. So, you know, I think that's, that's uh, a good sign that they're willing to do it. But again, at what cost? Because I think that's also important. If he's going to come and sign six times six all day long. All day long. I do not see that happening, however. <laughs> so... Again, it's going to it's gonna kind of depend on what the cost is going to be of whether or not he ends up in Toronto. But for the, the purposes of the question, should they seriously pursue him? Yes. Yes, they should. All right, question number two. Who are your untouchable Leafs this offseason? I thought really hard about this because I don't think my list is as long as most people. I really don't. I think I look at an untouchable list, and and I hate the term untouchable. I really do. Because realistically, I don't. You could ask me for any player on this roster in exchange for Connor McDavid or Nathan McKinnon. I'm giving him up, which means he's not untouchable, right? Like I could say that Matthews is untouchable and say, okay, well, what what about in a trade for McDavid or Drysaddle or McKinnon? Okay, I'd give him up for that. That means he's not untouchable. But that's also being a little obtuse, and I get it. So. To play along for this question, I still only have a couple of guys who I think are untouchables who are not are guaranteed not going anywhere this offseason, and that's John Tavares. First and foremost, he's your captain. He's got a no-move, no trade, and you just signed him a couple of years ago. I don't think anyone's going to be willing to take on that cap hit as well. So I don't think anyone's going to be looking to acquire Tavares, which is fine because I think that he's still a very valuable part of this team, not only because he's a captain, but he can still produce. So that's fine. I'm not saying that as, as a slight to Tavares, but you know, I think at this point in his career, I, I think teams are looking and they're like, you know what? I don't see him getting any better, so that contract is only going to get worse, and uh, we they may not want to take on that risk. and 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 the Leafs they were willing to take on that risk and get. Two more solid years of production of prime production out of Tavares, and hopefully they can get another couple of years before that. That eleven million dollars really starts to look daunting, and that's why I kind of look back also at Petrangelo, and it's like eh, when he gets there into his mid to late thirties, uh, you know, you, you want to have both Tavares and Petrangelo making, you know, twenty million dollars worth of your cap, and and they're guys who can barely skate in the league. Once they get up there, I don't know, you're gonna have to think about it. All right, so Tavares is, is one, I think. Austin Matthews is another. Austin Matthews is not going anywhere, um, unless it's for a guy like McDavid or McKinnon. But those legitimately might be the only two players that uh, that the Leafs would consider trading Matthews for, um, if I'm being completely honest with you. like He is an unbelievable player, an unbelievable talent, and the growth that he showed this season, if he can show that growth... Going forward from year to year and carry that and keep going like he's still so young and if he can show that type of growth um, I really do believe that Matthews can be considered a a top five talent and really compete for hearts and and Ted Lindsay's and all those great trophies that we saw get handed out this week at some point in his career the rocket I think at some point Matthews is gonna win a rocket so he is a guy who I would consider to be untouchable and then, really, the one other guy who I think is untouchable, and you might be surprised, but to me, it's Morgan Riley. I don't know why people are putting Riley in all these trade possibilities to try and, and move out space to, to bring in Petrangelo. And I get it, he's going to a contract year, and he's someone who's going to have to get re signed. So I guess that's where they're coming from, but you don't replace a Morgan Riley. And if you're doing it, if you're shipping out a Riley and bringing in a Petrangelo, you didn't get, you know, that much better. You're better, don't get me wrong, I believe that Petrangelo is is a a more superior defenseman than Morgan Riley, but I think you need to have them both on your team to be considered a cup contender. And if you're moving pieces off of this roster, it's got to be from the top half, and it's probably going to come from, you know, Marner or Nylander. Or, or which I would more so prefer some other bottom-end players, but if you're looking to move out one of those big guns, one of the core pieces, I think it's Marner and Nylander over a guy like Riley, Matthews, or Tavares. But I would say those three are probably my only untouchables. I might throw Jake Muzzin in there in there as well. You know, he plays a style of hockey that the Leafs don't have, right? They need that. They need a rugged Stay-at-home feisty defenseman, because we saw what that Leafs decor looked like without him last year, and it was ugly. I understand it, this is going to be totally revamped; it's going to look totally different. And maybe they'll be able to get away if if he ends up getting injured, you know, get away with it and and kind of a, a use an X-man up mentality and be fine. But for now, I might be willing to put him in there. He's an honorable mention. But my only three real untouchables on this Leafs team, honestly, Tavares, Matthews, Riley, and I'll, I'll say that Jake Muzzin is an honorable mention. Because even a guy like Nick Robertson, if you offered me you know, a solid, solid player on a low cap hit as well, like a swap of, of elite prospects, like someone who's looking for a really solid uh, top six winger and they got a solid young top four defenseman and they just want to do a swap, I think that is definitely on the table. I don't think that Toronto will turn that down. So when I look at untouchables, he's not there. He's somebody who, for the right price and the right deal, I think could be moved. So Tavares, Matthews, and Riley are my lone soul untouchables with Jake Muzzin most likely as an honorable mention. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. The improved Built Bar is even more delicious. It's got 18 amazing flavors including 6 new ones which includes caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake and this one sounds delicious the apple almond crisp and that goes along with the 12 originals mint brownie salted caramel toffee almond and my all-time favorite the peanut butter brownie these bars are covered 100% in chocolate they're soft and easy to chew and best of all the Built Bar is healthy. It's great for the health-conscious guy who's looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Let me tell you about the Peanut Butter Bar. Uh, the flavor profile of this one, it's got 19 grams of protein, just 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and just 5 grams of net carbs. It's unbelievable. And get this right now. You can get yourself a free cooler with a purchase while supplies. Last, a free cooler. Go to Biltbar.com and use the promo code locked on and you'll get ten dollars off your next order. Use the promo code locked on for ten dollars off at Biltbar.com. Question three. If the Leafs decide to trade another forward, who should it be? Hmm. I'm gonna cheat and I'm gonna give the three forwards that I think could get moved my three top forwards not all three maybe just one of them maybe two of them definitely not all three though so we'll start with my number 1 who I believe will decide to 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 trade and move on from and that's Andreas Janssen he didn't have the greatest years statistically before he got hurt like he was fine he was good you know middle six player but you know, he got injured, and be kind of became expendable, right? You look, Zach Hyman has surpassed him and, and taken a spot on the top line. mikhaev seemingly surpassed him, and is now considered a top six player. Nick Robertson could surpass him, and be another guy who who could take his spot in the top six or or in the, as as a third uh, line left winger. And then do you really want to pay a guy like Janssen $3.4 million for the next three years to be on your fourth line? I don't think so. So he's become expendable. And, and that's a contract that other teams would probably be willing to take on. Yeah, he's got a cap of $3.4 million, but his actual money that he's owed isn't anywhere close to that. Not even close. A lot of his bonuses came in last summer when they paid out a good chunk of his, his deal. And then back on July 1, when all the bonuses for this upcoming season had to get paid out. So although it's it looks like a lot of money and it's over $10 million in cap over the next few years, it's far less than that in actual cash. And with the COVID scare coming in and, and no one really aware of how the revenue is going to be looking, I, that's an attractive piece for teams. You know, only actually spending six or seven million dollars for ten million worth of cap space. There's going to be a lot of teams looking for that. And if you can also have a guy who's who's young and still is entering his prime, has term, and could play up and down your lineup, first line, second line, third line, you can play him on the fourth line. I would not be willing to. The Leafs can't afford to pay him on the fourth line. But another team who's who's more so all about depth and, and aren't as top-heavy, they might be able to get away with it. But he's a guy who can play up and down your lineup. He's an attractive piece. The Leafs can get something for him. He wouldn't be a cap dump. So I think Andreas Janssen, there's a pretty good chance that he's gone. And somebody is going to have to go if they decide to sign Petrangelo. And I think Janssen is probably the guy who's going to end up elsewhere. The other one who I think could end up elsewhere as well is going to be Alex Kerfoot. Um, He was also brought in as part of the Nazem Kadri trade. He played okay this year, don't get me wrong, but I just don't see him as a fixture, as a third-line center because, to me, I I feel like I want someone who's a little more responsible in their own end, someone who's a little more um, better off killing some penalties, blocking shots, a little physical, uh, I just don't I don't think that the Leafs need another Alex Kerfoot. They could use something else in that spot. And if they could maybe find a team who's just looking to add a little more speed and skill, uh, maybe they could find a, a trade partner there or just get rid of that cap. You know, 3 times 3.5, it's not a lot. That's probably about what you're paying for a guy who is, you know, I would say a third-liner who can play in the top six if injuries start to pile up and you need to move them up in a pinch. Like, he's he's done that, where he's moved up and played the wing, or he's moved up and played uh, number two center for this team when, when injuries started to pile up a little bit. So he's a guy who can kind of play all over your lineup as well, and at $3.5 million with three years left on that deal. It's not bad. So he's another guy who I think you could get value for if you move on from him. Now he's going to have to be replaced with another guy who can play some valuable third line minutes, can kill penalties, um, potentially add a little bit of offense if need be. You know, so I think that if you're moving out Kerfoot, there does have to be a contingency plan as a replacement, whether that's you know in the trade itself, whether that's when you trade out or 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 in free agency, you find somebody on a cheaper bill who's willing to come in and, and do it at a cheaper cost. Maybe a veteran who comes in and does that role. I don't know, Spezza did play third-line center for a little bit this season. Maybe they bring him back and try him out as your third-line C. We'll see what happens, but I think that's one option. And my third one, this one's a little interesting. And I think if they decide to trade one forward... If they feel the need that in order to bring in Alex Petrangelo and kind of do all the things that they want to do, including get Riley re signed, get Hyman re signed, and get themselves a goaltender next year, whether it's Freddie Anderson or somebody else, they got to, dollars have to go out. Significant dollars. And the one player that I think the Leafs could decide to move on from isn't actually William Nylander but rather Mitch Marner. I think that co- that contract is something that the Leafs, I don't want to say they regret it, because I think he's worth that contract, just not on this team. Like I think he'd be worth it if he was the best player on your team and that was the highest contract on your team, but when you got two other guys who are making more than that and another guy coming in who's about to make pretty close to that, It's just not feasible. It really is not. So if you could take that 10.893 cap hit, which is a tough, tough look, and I think that money could just be used to kind of spent to balance out this lineup, which is what I think this team needs to do to win. You take a look at, at the teams that are left in the cup final right now. Tampa, extremely balanced. They roll one through four lines, and they have one a first, second and third pair of defensemen where they feel comfortable playing them at all times. They've got 20 guys who they sent out there in their lineup and they're comfortable with all 20 of them. Including our guy Curtis McLaney who they're comfortable with as the backup. hasn't played a second, but they're comfortable with him regardless. But if they do need to move out significant Cap space to do everything they want to do. Like, if Petrangelo is the only guy who they need to bring in, maybe they don't have to make a move. But if they do want to bring in Petrangelo, get some other extensions done, and also maybe fill out the roster a little bit on top of Petrangelo, I think a guy like Marner may be on the table. And keep in mind, because he was an RFA and he's still so young and, and still has those RFA rights, he doesn't have a no trade. So they can move him at any time. So I think that Marner, if any of the big guns go, it's, it's going to be Marner. I don't think it'll happen, but, uh, but I wouldn't be that surprised if it did. All right, question number four. Should the Leafs trade their first-round pick? Hmm. So I think this one actually depends on where they feel and where they stand in the Petrangelo sweepstakes. I think ultimately, if they're getting the sense that they're the favorites to land him, I I don't think that they will trade away the pick, Right. I think if, if if they get the sense that they're not the favorites and they still need to get themselves a defenseman or the numbers won't work, I feel like they could pivot and use that pick to seek out another top-four right-hand shot defenseman and trade away that pick. But if they feel like Petrangelo, they got a pretty good chance at signing him, I could see them making the pick. I really could. I think Braden Schneider would be a a tremendous option as well. A young defenseman who could probably not get into the league this year, but by next season, by all accounts, he's he's an NHL-ready body. And he was just a few days away from actually being in last year's draft. So, again, I think this one just comes down to whether or not they believe they're going to sign Petrangelo. Because if they do think that they can sign him, I think they can go ahead and make the pick and try and bolster their, uh, their, their prospect depth, which is gone, essentially. They, they don't have much now that uh, Nick Robertson's kind of getting called up to the show. There, there's not much there. And, and I think that if they could use that first-round pick to add to it, that would be beneficial for this team going forward because they're going to need guys on cheap contracts going in through the next few years as they have this flat cap and you're going to need those first round picks to pan out and be ready to go quick and i think schneider is one of those guys who could do that but like i said if you if the leafs don't get a sense that they're going to end up signing petrangelo and keep in mind the draft is before free agency so they're going to have to make this decision without actually having him signed so this is going to come off of a feel But if they feel like they aren't going to get it done and he's either going to go back to St. Louis or feels that someone's going to offer him more or that they just can't make the numbers work, I could see them pivoting and and moving it and, and trying to acquire that next top four defenseman that way, whether that be you know Matt Dumba, who we've talked about before, uh, Dougie Hamilton is sitting on the on the TSN trade bait board. Chris Letang, another guy who's had his name out there quite a bit, would be a good addition to Toronto. Aaron Eckblad is someone who I've spoken about uh, as somebody who maybe Toronto can pride just because you know the Panthers are trying to shed salary. Someone who's who's got that you know seven and a half million dollars, I believe, is his his contract, which is still cheaper than Petrangelo. And a guy who can play as a top pair of right-shot defenseman. So, again, it's going to come down to what they believe is going to happen with Petrangelo. All right, last question. How much better, if any, will the Leafs be in three weeks from now? Okay, three weeks from now will be October 14th. So that'll be after Thanksgiving, so it'll be after the draft, and a few days after free agency. Today's the 23rd when I'm recording this. I think they're going to be a lot better. A lot better. Like, I do believe that they, at that point, will most definitely have addressed the need of improving that defense, and they'll be much better off for it, and they'll look a lot better. Whether that's with Petrangelo, or they use that first round pick and they trade to get somebody like a Dumba or a Latang or an Ekblad, or they go elsewhere in free agency, you know, they get a guy like Kristanev. Um, you know, they they maybe they just package and get a couple of different things and they really round out this roster and build on the depth. I, I do. I think that this team will look a lot better three weeks from now. Because one of the things that happened when they traded away Kasperi Kapanen, it opened up cap space and a lot of, like, myself, I said, oh, this seems like just in a vacuum, this looks like a win for the Maple Leafs. But then you had a lot of other critics saying, well, is it really? Like, if you look at this deal as a whole, Toronto is not a better team after making this, right? They lose Kapanen and didn't add anything else. And if they had to go play tomorrow... Pittsburgh's a better team, Toronto's a worse team. Yes, that was correct, technically, but here's the kicker, they didn't have to play tomorrow. And they had a full off season to weaponize that cap space into making themselves a better team. And I have faith that Kyle Dubas is going to get that done. I really, really, truly do. Whether that's signing Petrangelo, and let's be honest, Dubas has done a pretty good job when it comes to getting things done, Right? We can and we will. Started with Tavares, then Nylander, then Matthews, then Marner. I think he can get it done with Petrangelo. If he really wants him and he goes after him, not just a fan base want, but Kyle Dubas literally makes it his number one goal to go out and make sure that Alex Petrangelo signs with the Maple Leafs on October 9th, I think he'll get it done. He'll make the necessary moves to make sure it happens and will get it done. I really do believe that. So, um, yeah, I think there'll be a lot better. That was fun. I enjoyed that, actually. I, I, I would love to do more kind of AMAs, you know, listener question type uh, shows. So, if you guys ever, ever have any pressing questions... Feel free to reach out to me on Twitter, you know, at Mickey underscore Canuck, or reach out to the show at Locked On Leafs, and just ask me questions. You know, if if I'm getting them every single day, I'll kind of compile them and I'll do a weekly, um, you know, Twitter like a Twitter Tuesdays type segment where every Tuesday I sit here and I ask, I I answer your guys' questions, the listener questions, because I enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun. Um, but that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You would subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked On Leafs. And uh, if you want some more hockey talk, be sure to check out the Locked On NHL podcast where myself and four other Locked On hosts discuss the latest news around the NHL each and every day. I'll be back with another episode tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.